This may be the most disturbing case we've ever covered on the channel before. This woman took her husband's life, pulled his body apart, cooked him, then attempted to serve him to his children. This is one of the most baffling, unexplained cases that left investigators completely stunned. The crime scene that police walked in on was shocking, to say the least. You can do your part to help spread awareness for this case by clicking the share button beneath this video. You can even leave a simple comment below so that YouTube can give the case a bit more exposure on their end as well. And while you're down there, feel free to hit that like button and subscribe so you won't miss any of the other cases I'll be covering in the coming weeks. Catherine Mary Knight was an Australian woman who, as I'm sure you expect, had a pretty rough childhood. Catherine was known as being a scary shapeshifter to some because her mood and reactions could change in less than a moment's notice. Catherine was born on October 24, 1955, after her mother, a married woman, had an affair with another man. This man was actually a friend of her mother's husband, go figure. Up until this point, her mother had been seemingly happily married and they'd already had four children with her husband. So, as I'm sure you can tell, Catherine's birth was not welcomed with open arms. Details about this aspect of this really strange case are difficult to understand, but it seems like Catherine's mother split from her former husband and began a more official relationship with Catherine's biological father. To say that disturbing things were going on behind closed doors would be an understatement. This relationship was marked by serious crimes, with Catherine's mother saying that her father would force himself on her multiple times per day, and there was little she could do to stop him. He was a very aggressive alcoholic who was unwilling to get help, so his bad behavior simply festered and grew worse over time. Why Catherine's mother refused to get investigators involved remains a mystery, but it's likely that she was simply too scared to call the police. After all, when you're dealing with a scary person like this, the outcome of literally any of your actions can be incredibly unexpected. According to Catherine, as she got older, this aggression wasn't purely focused on her mother anymore, and it began to trickle down onto Catherine as well when she was in her pre-teen years. For Catherine, this was where her unexplained case really began to take shape. Throughout her school years, Catherine was a difficult child. She refused to learn how to read or write and preferred to spend her time pestering the smaller children. By the age of 15, she gave up on school altogether and got a job at a clothing factory. This position didn't last too terribly long though, and she eventually quit when she was offered what she claimed to be her dream job at a local meat processing facility. That's just a more kosher way of saying that she worked at a factory where they would gut animals and separate their organs from their meat. As you can expect, these details were important for investigators and crime scene detectives many years later, when Catherine Knight's case would finally unravel. But for some strange reason, this was Catherine's passion in life, and she was dedicated to her work as strange as that may sound. A journalist even reported that she hung her favorite butcher tools over her bed at night so that they would be within reach if she ever needed them in an emergency situation. While working at the butcher shop, Catherine eventually met a man named David Kellett. The two got along great because David reminded her of her own father. He too was a very aggressive drunk who would often get into fights with others. Catherine supported his bad behavior and, on at least one occurrence, happily joined in on one of his drunken fights. 
It didn't take long for David to be knocked down a few notches, though, when he realized that Catherine's temper far outweighed his own. In fact, she was capable of inflicting some serious damage during the many fights she had been involved in. Before long, it seems as though David began to fear her to a certain extent, and David found himself being overpowered by his wife on multiple occasions. This behavior wouldn't end soon, with one journalist claiming that Catherine convinced David to marry her soon after. I don't really understand what this means. Convincing someone to marry you is a pretty strange thing to do, but this leads me to personally believe that David must have had an all-out fear of his new partner. In fact, Catherine's own mother jumped in and tried to get David to back out, claiming that Catherine wasn't a stable person, though David went through with it anyway. On the night of their honeymoon, the two consummated their marriage multiple times, so much so that David allegedly passed out from exhaustion. But Catherine wasn't done with him. When he couldn't go another round, Catherine grabbed him in a headlock, waking him up in the process and prompting David to fight back. Even though this night didn't go the way that either of the two planned, their marriage would eventually last another 10 years. Aside from the obvious issues in their relationship, David had multiple affairs while he was with Catherine. After learning about these, Catherine flew off the handle once again and grabbed their two-month-old child, placing him on a set of busy train tracks in a desperate attempt to gain her husband's full attention. Luckily, this didn't end in disaster. Catherine was later checked out by a team of experts after one of the creepiest things happened. Witnesses reported seeing her swinging her second child around in a stroller while walking down a busy street. She would then spend several months in a mental hospital, during which time she confessed to a nurse that she planned on taking the life of a mechanic who had fixed her husband's car. In her eyes, this made it possible for David to leave the relationship once again, and she blamed the mechanic for this. David did, for some strange reason, agree to get back with Catherine after she checked out of the mental hospital. But shortly after, David left her again, this time seemingly for good. By 1986, things began to pick up speed for Catherine. After her husband left her, she began seeing another man, also named David, who was a local miner. David moved in with Catherine and her two daughters, but this relationship was very difficult. David wanted to keep his former apartment, though he lived with Catherine. This made Catherine incredibly jealous, and she ended up claiming the life of his two-month-old puppy as payback. Somehow, the two managed to stay together, and they even had a daughter a year later. But David finally checked out of the relationship when Catherine came after him with a pair of scissors. She would then get with another man, have another child, have another affair, and break up once again. This finally brings us to the tipping point in this story, where Catherine meets John Price, a man who would soon become her victim. Catherine and John's relationship was average at first. John had a decent job that helped him pay for the couple's bills, and they lived comfortably. They moved in together in 1995, but when Catherine asked him to get married, he declined, sending Catherine into another spiral. She framed him for stealing company assets at his job, getting him fired. The two broke up for a short while, but reconciled a few months later. During this time, John's friends warned him that Catherine's anger seemed to be reaching a breaking point. By February of 2000, the two got into a heated argument, and Catherine tried to jab him in the chest. John managed to get away and filed a restraining order against Catherine, but a little piece of paper didn't keep her away. John told his co-workers later that month that if he ever went missing, Catherine was to blame. He didn't know how right he would be. It seems that once again the two made up, 
But by February 29th of 2000, a casual winter evening wouldn't go as planned, at least not for John. John came home from work, spoke with a couple of neighbors, and then went to bed at around 11 p.m. Catherine came home shortly thereafter, made herself dinner, woke Price up briefly, and then he went back to bed. Immediately afterward, Catherine took one of her butcher tools and began hacking away at John. She reportedly got him 37 times before she was done. She then took his body apart, cooked it, seasoned it with various vegetables, and began to chow down. His remains were found the following day when John's co-workers called police after he didn't show up for work. When they entered the couple's home, they found that Catherine had been boiling him in a pot of stew. She had neatly prepared two plates of food and placed them on the table, putting a label in front of each plate with the names of John's two children. Obviously, Catherine was charged and taken to trial. She claims she had no recollection of that night, but this is an obvious lie. By October of 2001, Catherine decided to confess to her crimes and pleaded guilty. The trial essentially ended there and she was escorted to prison the same day. On her paperwork, the judge jotted down a note reading never to be released. Needless to say, this was certainly one of the most extreme police cases and one of the most unbelievable moments in Australian true crime history. This case by far has been one of the most disturbing things I have found on the internet. Catherine is still serving out her sentence today, though she refuses to admit that she even remembers the crime. For the first time in Australian history, a woman was sent to prison with no chance of parole. And that's likely where the story of Catherine Knight ends. She stands virtually zero chance of getting out of prison and will most likely remain there for the rest of her days. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But my name is Ty Knotts, and I'll catch you guys in the next video. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.